Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new week, plant-based morning show. It's a short four-day week. It's Tuesday, February 20th, and that means nine days left in this month because it's leap year. So there's your fact of the day. Um, we're going to check in with Doug about his weekend away in the woods, Walden style, and find out how that went, if he had any insights, experiences, what might have happened. Uh, and uh, I got I got some brief updates, too. Nothing, nothing too big. All right, there's Doug. How's it going, Doug? Matt, I'm coming back a very enlightened man. Yeah, did you did you see God or something, or come to <laughs> understand the meaning of life? I, I, I have a whole new appreciation for life, love, wow, and, and the pursuit of happiness. No. Uh, good. I mean, way to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will. T- I will say this. I think. Uh, I think. I. I have a new. I do have a new understanding of the value of. Um, of alone time, like actually getting away, not just for a night or for a right. few hours, but mm-hmm. for a, a little bit of an extended amount of time. Yeah, that. I, I mean, sure. That's that is fantastic. Really, almost nobody really makes time for that once you have a family. I don't think. Mm-hmm. So, good. Good for you. Um, what, what you left on Friday and got back month? Like, were you gone for three nights? No, no, I was, I was only gone for about 36 hours. Um, oh, okay. So one um, day's not enough, but 36 hours is, is good. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> it, it felt, it felt like enough, but I did like, I, I had a couple different, like, like, uh, things. Yeah. I did a, I went swimming, like lap swimming for the first time in a really long time, which was great. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. a sauna. Um, so I had kind okay. of like this, like swimming sauna experience and then did a yep. lot of writing and kind of reflecting and, uh, mm-hmm. just hopping from, from, uh, coffee shop to brewery to coffee shop to brewery. And then, um, wow. and then I had like a, a, a whole ski day by myself, which was really nice. And then instead of rushing home from skiing, I went back to a coffee shop and did more writing. It was great. It was just a really nice thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, so you you also between coffee shop and breweries on the same day, back and forth, like <laughs> coffee shop brewery, coffee shop brewery. Um, but I mean, no, no, it was like coffee shop brewery, coffee shop is is what it was. Okay, and then yeah, yeah. okay, good. Yeah. All right, and you got some. Do you know, you know what I did? You know what I had for the first what? time? Kava. What? Have you ever had kava? Yeah, yeah. You've never had kava, huh? I thought we yeah we were gonna do that one time in Nashville. One of several things we were going to do, but didn't. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then you then you laugh, and now we never see each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kava is interesting. What, so, what did you have that relative to the alcohol and caffeine stuff? <laughs> so, I had that before the alcohol, after the first round of caffeine. I was looking for another coffee shop because the one I was in was kind of crowded, and I was looking for something quieter, uh, and just kind of Google coffee. And it took me to a kava bar. I didn't really know what a kava bar was, um, mm-hmm. and I walked in, and they were like, "We do have coffee, but uh, we also have kava, which is kind of our thing." And she she kind of yeah. explained it to me, and and I was like, "Hmm, this is this sounds interesting. I can't not do that." So, um, so I had some kava. Yeah, right. All right. Well, for those who don't know, um, well, first let's say hi really quick to some people. Uh, Emery, Phyllis Hauser, and Alex Turton. First time joining the live stream, and he had to know what Doug is up to. He's been listening to anime since 2016. <laughs> That's when you and I were right. recording him in person, I think. Wow. Yeah, in person, but even before we went remote. Um, and he had to know what what you got up to. So I was thinking the same thing. I really, I was, I was eager to hear about this weekend. Okay, as, as okay. we were tiny in today. So we did an effective teaser there. <laughs> And Kate wants to know if that's like icy water sauna, icy water sauna. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It kind of seems like that, but for the brain, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for, for the brain and the, <laughs> and the energy levels. But um, all right, so all right, we yeah. say, say what kava is. We didn't, we didn't explain that. What's that? People need to know what kava is. Well, I, I don't. I still don't really know what kava is. It's some sort of uh, like it's like a tea, but like made from a, a root that's grown in uh, like volcanic soil, maybe something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's like from some of the. Pacific Islands or something. Uh-huh. I don't actually know. But yeah, it's a root. It gets it gets brewed and it tastes terrible. I mean, it's just like it an tastes, awful bitter taste. It tastes like licking wet rock is what it looks it tastes like to me. Yeah, that, like you said, yeah, it sounds right. And it even it's like gray like rock too. Like yeah. I, I kind of I was, it was towards the beginning of, of my weekend. I was like, if I drink this, is this gonna ruin my whole weekend? It's right. Gonna yeah, yeah, potential. <laughs> But and uh, did you eat with fruit or something? Did they serve it with strawberries or something like that? Uh, with pineapple, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, which helped right. helped a little bit. And then it it is known to create a mild hallucinogenic effect 
and supposedly does not impair you. But I swear, when I drove home after having the kava, mm. I just felt strange. Like, I, I couldn't believe that wouldn't be called impairment. Uh, but apparently it wasn't, so I felt okay doing it. But then I, I just don't know if I would do that again, drive after that. So, interesting. They didn't, they didn't warn me about hallucinogenic effect. They said no, it was very no, calming. You, I think I said euphoric effect, didn't I? Oh, euphoric. Did I say, maybe I said... I thought that was mild euphoric. Yeah, yeah, okay. Euphoric, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's like relaxing. It's supposed to be a good social drink, which I would imagine uh -huh. it is. It was the middle of the afternoon for me, but I would imagine like if you're in a in a bar or something like that and you don't want to drink alcohol, it could probably be a good alternative for that. It made my mouth go like fully numb. Yep, Kate's saying that as well. I think I remember that. Um, and uh, yeah, it definitely made me feel a little weird. I hung out <laughs> there for, for a couple hours, maybe you know, 90 minutes or so afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and by then I, I didn't feel anything at all, but <laughs> it, yeah. was, it was an unexpected experience that I really wasn't uh, totally prepared to have. Right. And then it has been associated with some deaths uh, in combination with alcohol. So I was always afraid of oh. using it. Oh, interesting. But, but I guess, I guess with caffeine, it's okay. And I think also those deaths were, it was sort of anecdotal. There was no real evidence that it was, that it was deadly mm -hmm. with alcohol. All right, cool. Well, did that, and so you stimulated some writing. Did you get anything done or is it all just uh, wastebasket material and now you got the habit going at least? No, I, I did. I did get a lot done. I mean, it's not not like polished anything like that, but a whole lot of ideas. And uh, mm -hmm. so I, I'll tease a little bit. You, you, you know, just a little bit, not very much. And it's very different, actually, than what we talked about. Um, but I'm working on kind of a personal writing project that's unrelated mm -hmm. to uh, Compliment or Nomad Athlete. Mm -hmm. And um, and this was kind of an opportunity for me to, to go in and explore that a little bit and see what see what happened when I actually started putting finger to type to a right. keyboard. Um, but you also skied. I also and, skied. And yeah. it was all 36 hours. And you went to several breweries, cava bars, <laughs> no, cafes. Only, only one brewery. But okay. <laughs> a brewery and a cava bar, yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. And did you do a 5K time trial? That was... Uh, I did not, I did not do a 5K. It's been six weeks, though. You I know. You might it, do I that. think that this is the sixth week. And uh, I was actually... I woke up this morning thinking about this because I knew you were going to ask me about it. <laughs> Because <laughs> I did, I didn't do it over the weekend. But it's been it's been seven whole weeks, I think, since the start of the year. Is that what you were? Yeah, saying? but I didn't start it until like you the didn't tenth or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. All um, right. So this is the sixth week. I I really have to do my my check in this week. The mm -hmm. last ten days since that twenty miler a week and a half ago, um, I have I have fallen off a little bit of of my speed work. Uh, but I got I got to check in. Got to see what happens. I got to stick yeah. to it and right. then uh, make it happen. Yeah that's right you gotta finish something i gotta finish something <laughs> <laughs> just one thing you gotta finish <laughs> no i don't think you're a non-finisher of things i don't really know it's just the, <laughs> just for the pull-ups <laughs> and I, I don't even want to say this i don't even want to say it so i'm not gonna okay. say it i'm not gonna say it I'm not gonna no say you it. gotta say it what is it <laughs> i've been working harder on the pull-ups in the last month oh than yeah I, I have all year last year and i'm seeing such better progress. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. All right. But I, I shouldn't have said it because I wanted to. Well, we're not going to give you accolades or anything. Yeah, we're going to keep making fun of it. And you need to keep having a, having a chip on your shoulder. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know those public declarations and things. Once you get those, people, you start feeling the rewards as if you have already done the thing. And then, mm -hmm. and then you mm -hmm. give up. I know. I know. I know. I shouldn't have said it. You got to keep giving me a hard time. Keep it yeah. coming. Keep it coming. All right. Good. Well, I'm glad you had a good weekend. Sounds like a good time. Steven says, glad you had fun. Good to see Steven here. Um, speaking of not finishing things, I canceled my sleep reset trial because I've been sleeping really well for the past like week since I started implementing a few tips. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not paying $300 to, to just keep sleeping well. Uh, <laughs> so I didn't actually get to the sleep compression part. I mean, they gave me my schedule, but I didn't start because we had friends in town. And I now about now is when I would be starting. Um, Are you going to try it? I don't feel like I need to right now. Like I'm, I'm just doing great. So I don't, I, if, as soon as I start sleeping badly, yes, I will give that a try. But don't uh, you think like, it, this is the cycle that you keep going through, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I mean, maybe like you should actually do it even when you're sleeping well. And then, yeah. And then hopefully it's a full reset. Yeah, I guess it just seems like the point of the reset is to get your body to go through the night for that short period of time. And then you can extend mm -hmm. it and see if you can still make it through the night. If I can, if I can get through the whole night now longer than that, I mean, I don't feel like I need to force it shorter. You're right, though. Maybe, I would, maybe I'd learn something from that. I just don't have the motivation because it's really hard to do that. Like, you just, I don't know. 
If I was really motivated to change, I would. So right now I'm not. And you know what? We re rearranged our bedroom, put the bed against a different wall, and I swear that changed everything for me. Like what? Like now and then, Aaron and I will switch sides of the bed, and when we do that, you know, move nightstands and all that, move basically, uh, switch which side of the bed we're on, and that will change everything for a short time. And I think it has to. Do, there's this like brain bed connection they say where you you don't want to do anything except for sleep in your bedroom. Uh, right. if you're, if you're lying there awake at night, you shouldn't stay there. You should go out of the room, which I did actually do around four o'clock this morning. Um, and you know, do something else until you're tired and then go back in. And so I, I really do think I, when I get in these bad sleep ruts, it has to do a lot with the location and stuff. And if you just switch sides of the bed, it disrupts that a little bit. So actually moving the bed really changed it. So I think that's the main, main improver. So just every six weeks, you got to just rearrange your room. I mean that, yeah. If I'm if I if the sleep is going downhill, then yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I would like to know if other this happened to other people. So I, you know, I, I've long been um, a skeptic to those who say that uh, Facebook is listening. You know, your phone is listening to you mm -hmm. and uh, and give feeding you ads and things like that based on things that are happening verbally right yeah I've, I've always wondered that i said this this could be just coincidence and we just every time it happens we notice no. it now and we call it out as another example so yeah, yeah. okay I've, I've, but what but i got fed an ad for this sleep reset oh, and yeah? i have not googled anything about sleep i have not done any you know done anything that's at all related to sleep except talk to you about it on the podcast you haven't talked about it to anyone else after the podcast no, no, definitely not your sleep reset thing. No. Yeah. Um, and I got fed an ad for it. And that, I mean, that's. Maybe we are networked together. That could and it, be. And it knows that I bought that. That child. could be. We both uh, probably are signed into the same shared Instagram accounts. So, you know, maybe that's it. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's good. To... That might be it. Maybe it. Yeah. I, I don't even know. Do the do the social media companies actively deny that that is happening? That the phone is listening to you and feeding you ads? Like yeah, I, I think so. I kind of just started to accept that that was happening, and we all just acted like it was a conspiracy when we all check a box that says it's okay when we sign up. Mm -hmm. But I don't really know. No idea. I mean, I think I think that's the case. I mean, your phone is listening to you, right? Because if you say the s word, like it's gonna. Yeah. Um, right. But in theory, it shouldn't be allowed to pick up anything until that happens. Right. Exactly. Anyway, um, oh, one more thing. I played mini golf with somebody on, uh, on Saturday, <laughs> um, and he's doing a. Uh, he's doing Wait, a, like with, with your kids, or just like, <laughs> yeah. hey, buddy, you want yeah, to be for yeah. mini golf? With my with my son, he had to hang out with someone. And okay. Out, so we okay. Right. But I met the dad. He's big into fitness. He's done a hundred miler, several fifties. He's doing a Murph marathon soon. You know what this is? Uh, no, no, I have no idea. I mean, I okay. can guess. That's what you can, after you get your five pull-ups, this is what you can work on. It's okay. you run a marathon. I don't know the order of things, but you run a marathon and then a Murph workout in CrossFit. I'm probably going to botch this, but, but someone can correct me. Uh, is a hundred pull-ups, 200 sit up or 200 pushups, 300 sit-ups, 400 squats. And that's like a doable thing. Uh, you take a breaks. I think you're sometimes maybe controversially allowed to change the order of them up. So you could do five pull-ups if that's all you can mm -hmm. do in, in a one burst and then switch to something else while you rest so that your time you know doesn't take all day to do that task right um but anyway the the murph marathon is the marathon plus a thousand pull-ups what two thousand push-ups three thousand sit-ups and five four thousand squats no so way. he's training for that now that's <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah and then, and then we started talking about how people do lots of pull-ups and his friends do some other amount and david goggins did eight thousand something and they they do it at some rate of like the the fast ones are like seven per minute seven pull per minute sustained for twenty four plus hours or something, uh, so it's kind of crazy. But that anyway, is, thought of you. That's maybe you, so maybe you would want to take that on. No, 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 no <laughs> desire. <laughs> I would rather run for twenty four hours than uh, than try to do a thousand pull ups. Well, then Aaron and I were talking about what would be harder. Would it be harder if the marathon had to come before all that stuff or after all mm. that stuff? Mm. I mean, the squats can be the real problem for the marathon. And the rest of it is probably not going to be a huge issue. Yeah, yeah. But 4,000 squats, I think they're unweighted. I think they're just air squats. Okay. But still, you know. You're That's gonna a lot of squats. So, yeah, I mean, you'd, your legs would be toast yeah. after that. Um, it would be easier to do the squats after the marathon. I agree. I think so, too. Get the running done. 
than yeah. do the squats. Yeah. Uh, so, so lap swimming, I've dabbled in it a little bit over the last several years. I, I swam in like elementary, middle, and a little bit of high school competitively, mm-hmm. and then just kind of quit. Um, and then every once in a while, I'll get back in the pool, just like I did last weekend, just for like one time and be like, oh, I'm going to get into this. And then I never get into it. Um, yeah. But man, it is so hard. It is like very, very ridiculously hard. hard. Uh, I couldn't believe how, I, I don't know, I, like I fancy myself as somebody who, who yeah, even though I can't do pull-ups, that can, you know, can do endurance stuff for a long time. And mm-hmm. just unbelievably how tired But it's just I a got. technique thing, right? It's not that it, it's mm-hmm. not that the activity is that hard. It's just if your technique is terrible, then it's really hard because you're right. just wasting right. 90% of the energy. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's I mean, it is super hard. I, I can't swim at all. I'm terrible. So what you did that on this trip too? You swam? Yeah, that was the first thing I did. Is I left I left the house at seven in the morning Saturday morning, mm-hmm. um, and went and did a swim session and a sauna session. Okay, good. Kind of like a spa trip, spa with yeah. fitness. So did you? What did you eat on this? Was there vegan food around? Did you bring your own canned goods? Um. Yep. I stopped at a an Asian, a Thai restaurant. I got some Thai food. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a vegan pizza, uh, which okay. then I turned into Lyft pizza the next day. Ah, nice. On the, on the ski trip. Right. Very and then good. I brought, I brought some food, brought my own breakfast and, uh, like snack food and stuff like that. So good. All right. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, you going to do another one soon? I hope so. I don't know when. Probably not that soon, but right. uh, you know, hopefully this spring sometime. All right, good. Well, glad to hear it. Glad it went well. Uh, I think that's all I got as far as updates for me. I don't have too much else right now. Um, so I guess we'll get to our get to our show here. Get to our weather report, which has got some good stuff today. I'm excited about this uh, bits of news we have. So, oh, you know what? Um, yeah. Katie picked up some slutty vegan stuff from uh, Target the other day. Some oh, yeah? Dip or Hot something. I haven't, I haven't tried it yet. No, it's like a dip. Um, looking it up. Hmm. Uh, I'll report back when after, like, uh, yeah, this like buffalo cheese dip and spinach artichoke dip. Okay. She, she thought it'd be good fodder for the um, for the podcast. Yeah. So there we go. Well, I just need yeah. to try it. That's how it is. All right. All right, here we go. No Slutty Vegan news today. I haven't heard of Slutty Vegan in a while, though. Um, but Smash Burger, Slutty Vegan competitor, maybe. Probably not. Uh, they are a burger chain. People know Smash Burger, I think. Is there one in Nashville? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Um, anyway, they've partnered with Jack and Annie's, who is a fellow Colorado brand, to offer their jackfruit burger at all U.S. restaurants. And uh, this is a big deal because Smash Burger is a little bit of a mainstream chain. I think people know of it. Um, it's not a vegan burger though. That's the problem. It's the, the burger patty itself is vegan, but it has five different bun choices, but none of them are vegan. So they all have milk. Um, so it's not vegan, not aimed at vegans. And uh, it is aimed at the flexitarian omnivore slash meat reducer, which shows that that crowd is still around, at least according to the assessments of these and maybe even growing um, because this is, this is fairly big exposure for a plant-based burger. Uh, I have tried Jack and Annie's nuggets and I did not like them. I'm just still kind of anti jackfruit. I'm not sold on jackfruit as a good tasting food or good meat replacer. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I would get it, you know, if you're at a restaurant, if you're at a barbecue spot, that's the only thing they have, something like that. But I'm not seeking it out. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had some in Kansas City at a barbecue place and I didn't really like it. It just wasn't, just didn't do it for me. I don't know about burger form though. I never tried that. Uh, Okay. The Korean tourism. In organization, the Korea tour- Tourism Organization has organized the country's first ever vegan food tour. I'm guessing this is South Korea, not North Korea. Uh, <laughs> I don't know for sure because I don't know all the city names. But uh, yeah, Seoul, Busan, and Jeju Island. South Korea. Seoul. I know Seoul is South Korea. Um, anyway, it's organized by Green Earth Travel, which or operated by Green Earth Travel, which is the one that did uh, my thing with Miyoko, my Italy thing. Ah, cool. So I'm glad to see that. I know Donna over there. She had a quote in the Economist article. Um, but anyway, I just thought this was cool. I think... I mean, I would assume if you go to Korea, you you could probably find a lot of vegan food. But I'm also assuming, and this could be a totally unfair assumption, that if you don't speak Korean, it's just very hard to know what actually is the vegan food and what isn't. Um, but you know, now you can do that, and you can uh, learn about the country's history and culture 
through activities such as meditating at a temple, visiting an apple farm. I wouldn't have guessed apple farms were part of North Korea or uh, South Korea, uh, but there you go. And exploring UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Uh, so there you go. They also do vegan tours in Cambodia, Nepal, and Bali. Interested, Doug, in a Korea trip? Vegan tour? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. super interested in an Asia trip, and I've never been to that part of the world, and would love it. I know. I I could see myself dying without ever doing that, without ever going to Asia, without mm. ever setting foot in Asia. And I don't. I'm not happy about that. I just, it's just not on my, not high on my list. It just seems so, so uh, like I'd have so much trouble doing anything. But maybe that's yeah. wrong. And you certainly I, can't learn the language. It's, just, it's a huge, huge effort to learn the language. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably Israel. There's probably, there's probably. I mean, it depends on where you go, right? I mean, like tourism is huge in Bali, probably mm-hmm. outside of outside of uh, Everest, probably not so much in Nepal. Uh, but I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I don't know. It, I would, I would love to do it. The only problem is, and this is like, I don't know, stupid, but it's not. Is that it takes eighteen hours to get there, right? So like, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, just a huge chunk of your time. The same reason why I've ever been to like Australia or New Zealand. You know, yeah. if I'm going there for 10 days and two of those are travel or three of those are travel, like that's a huge commitment. Yeah, right. It is. You need a first class flight where you can lie down on the way over and just get a good, there you good go. sleep. You gonna, All right, Stephen. Give me a raise so I can afford that. <laughs> yeah. Well, your new book, I'm sure, will be a smash hit and you'll, <laughs> yeah, you, you won't need to worry about money. Yeah, All I right. I never said it was a book out loud. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, right. Stephen says he only recently discovered Korean vegan food and it's amazing. Uh, there's a book called the Korean vegan, I think that I have, mm-hmm. and it's pretty good. Also, most Korean restaurants, if you just go to them, you can find a really good vegan dish. I've done that several times. Hmm. Sometimes you have to modify like bibimbap. You need to remove the egg, but you can do it. And Jody Chuck says she heard the number one vegan restaurant that was in Vietnam and went there frequently when I lived in Da Nang, only $2 and the lady was lovely. So there you go. If you go mm-hmm. tell tell them Jody Chuck sent you. All right, uh, moving on. Burger King, Impossible Whopper news. I mean, good one, right? <laughs> it's good. It is positive news for the Whopper, but it's, it's I mean, it's just kind of small. Uh, Burger King's doing their million dollar Whopper campaign, which I think they've done before. I'm not positive. Uh, it features the Impossible Burger Patty. That's the news. And the Impossible CEO has spoken out and said he appreciates that. They shared the news themselves. Um, what it is is like a virtual thing where customers or app users go and design their perfect burger and they can pick from 200,000 possible combinations. They can use the impossible burger patty now in the creation of this sandwich. Um, you submit your Whopper designs, utilizing your Royal perks account. Then you get your thing transformed by AI into a visual preview with a personalized jingle and thematic background. And then you can share these across social media platforms. So I guess you can sort of, it's a way of showing your identity and create, expressing yourself through the Whopper and then sharing it on social media. So how do you win the million dollars? Three finalists will be chosen to refine their Whopper burger creations at Burger King's headquarters in Miami. I didn't know Burger King was based in Miami. Uh, And then the winning sandwich featured on menus nationwide. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Yeah, you're going to go for yeah. the perfect, perfect I'm going to make the perfect vegan Whopper. It's about time we had a fully vegan Whopper. No, I think this is great. You know why I think it's great? I mean, I don't care about the competition. But the uh, the, the the impossible Whopper or patty is included means that, uh, you know, they're not like just quietly going to get rid of it. Right. I it's was thinking still, that exactly. It's part of their thing, right? Right. When I, when I saw Burger King... Uh, on this list. I almost mm-hmm. didn't even want to read the notes because I was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I almost didn't want to read it because I was afraid you were going to announce that the Impossible Whopper. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'd be so excited to announce that. I nailed that prediction. And so sad that it's gone, but more happy that I nailed the prediction. <laughs> it really does go away. Uh, so do you think you on that? What time I, are you on? Oh, I just, I know. I, it really, I would be sad because I would, I would continue to get it after that. And I still will continue to get it for as long as it's there. Uh, but just to have predicted that, it's a big prediction. If, if I get that right, kind of kind of punched my own ticket to superstardom. <laughs> um, all right. So do you think that you think an impossible burger has a chance of winning? It's chosen, it doesn't say it's voted on, right? The public will have a say in the final decision voting for their favorite creation. 
but they don't they don't pick the finalists, the three finalists. Mm. So if the if the powers that be decide or know that the impossible burger is going away, they may they may just not pick any of those. Or maybe they maybe. pick one. They may, may pick one and sort of have a token representation. Yeah, I could be the token guy. You could. But then you gotta pick all plant-based ingredients. And there's gonna be so many good ingredients on there probably that are make for an exotic burger. And you're not going to use any of That's what's going to make it even better, though. That's what's going to make it stand out even more. Is it's not going to be loaded in the cheese and the mayo and all the other right. stuff. But maybe oh, they I'm maybe gonna, the, I'm maybe the... spend my entire afternoon working on this. <laughs> Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Okay. Okay. Forget the writing project. Just start making. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. One way they sort of might be able to nerf the Impossible Whopper here would be to not give any good non-vegan toppings or any good vegan toppings, so that you basically can't win if you pick mm. a vegan, vegan, mm-hmm. vegan. It's just, just the Impossible <laughs> Impossible Patty and Ketchup, and yeah, just yeah. take a regular Impossible Burger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right, so that's happening. Um, and finally, I think this is the last one. No, there's two more, actually. Um, all right, new restaurant clothing. This is not that significant, uh, but in Amherst, this is a suburb of Buffalo, I think, Avenue 29 Foods vegan restaurant slash caterer has added meat and dairy to their menu. They've added organic meats, real cheeses to the repertoire. Uh, not sitting well with everyone, they say. Uh, one person says money should never come before ethics. Shame. Someone else says, fitfully stupid, this move. Someone says, you marketed yourself to a certain demographic, and then you act so confused when that demographic doesn't want to support you when you're abandoning ideals that same group holds dear. Uh, Huge shock, betrayal. The guy's last name is Mussolini, the owner of the restaurant, uh, which I didn't know that happened anymore. I thought, like, if your last name was Hitler or something, you'd you'd change it. You don't do that. But uh, apparently not Mussolini. That's not a problem. Uh, They said he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um... He was apparently going to VegFest for the last decade speaking on animal rights. And um, he now says he he never used vegan to describe his store. Says his wife and he have been whole foods-based versus strictly plant-based. And um, he ended with, we have mastered the plant-based arena. And we will continue to offer a completely full menu of options. But we didn't want to limit ourselves in the culinary world now that we have a bigger operational base to work out of. So well, bigger so that's an interesting twist. That's a different one, right? It's not like a, we're failing. You're right. Everyone else it's so the, far has said that we had to do it. We're bored with plant-based stuff. Right. And someone else is saying money is involved. So it, it could just be that they see the much larger opportunity. Still not saying that we can't survive, but just we want to, mm-hmm. we got bigger fish to fry. We want to make a bigger splash in this, in this world. And so we got to add these other things. So yeah, interesting. I mean, we keep hearing about these plant-based restaurants, adding meat to the menu. This is just another one, but a different, different reason. Um, and last one, Joey Carbstrong. We never talk about Joey Carbstrong on this show. Doug, do you know him? No. Okay. No I somehow, knows. I just know his name very well. Uh, I must follow him on Instagram or something and, and see him. Um, uh, but anyway, he's, he's got a new documentary full length called Pignorant. And it is investigating undercover investigation of the UK's pork industry. Um, he's an ex gang member, now a vegan activist and, he's he undertakes a life risking mission to uncover the truth behind bacon. And I looked a little bit, I watched the trailer. It's centered around the fact that in the UK, that one of these humane ways of slaughter is still CO2 gas chambers. So the pigs get gassed. And I think a bunch of scientists are saying, this is not a humane thing. How can this still be legal or considered humane? Um, and that's what he's investigating. And there's, there's all like placement of cameras. I don't understand quite how his life is, is being risked. But they say that several times that that it's dangerous and life risking. So, um, I don't, it kind of seems cool. But I started watching the trailer, and it's just it's just like like Earthlings. It's just hard to watch. Like it just mm-hmm. you just feel so sad for these animals. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it. It's perhaps a reason to do that. Uh, but man, it's tough tough to watch. So anyway, check that out. Uh, I don't know where you can see it, but uh, Pignorant is the name, like ignorant, but pigs. Hmm. Will you watch Pignorant, Doug, with your daughter? Honestly, no. Probably, I probably will not. No, no, but I'm glad it exists. Yeah, what, what yeah. It, like isn't it seems weird, weirder for some reason, uh, to eat meat that has been from an animal that's been gassed, right? Mm-hmm. Like they've suffocate, like brought brought in like poisonous gas that causing them to right. suffocate. Like it would that. be harmful to eat. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that. There's something that has to be in the bloodstream there for the last seconds of its life or something that right 
you you would think that, but I, I would yes, imagine. But... Yeah, I, I mean, if it's just CO two, it's not it's which which is a poison, but you know we all inhale some amount of CO two, right, all the time. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah right about I that. So. I think so. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't. I kind of assumed like with gas chambers, you would you would like just slowly fall asleep and then just never wake up rather than suffocate. But I, I guess I guess CO two was not that way. I don't know. I don't know anything about these things. Anyway, all right. Steven doesn't like the name. He says, why not just call it pig ignorant? And that's already a phrase. I don't know that phrase. Maybe that's an Irish phrase. Hmm. Extremely ignorant, completely clueless is what it means. Ah, that's that's kind of a better name. Well, he combined it. He pushed it together. Pignorant. Nobody's ever done that before. Yeah, but if pig ignorant has a, a double meaning. Right. Well, then everybody would be like, why don't you just call it pignorant? <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that. On to the feature story. We got two of them today. Um, this one I mainly selected because of, of my uh, my New Year's prediction, my other New Year's prediction. It's from Plant Based News, and they're saying, "Could the third wave of vegan cheese move flexitarians off dairy?" Uh, we had an interesting discussion last week, at the end of last week, about this whole maybe the rise of the flexitarian in place of the vegan. In, I mean, not all of them, obviously, but just uh, I saw this somewhere else. In I think in the next article. We'll, discussed that that along with um this decline in in vegan traffic to restaurants is is this interest in flexitarianism people who are wanting to be pescatarian or something mm -hmm. which I, I sort of think is the same as flexitarian i don't really know because uh, there's no real precise flexitarian definition but anyway um you do wonder like because because people some people think meat is a health food or they're okay with eating it not a lot of people think dairy is that healthy so and, and we're seeing that the dairy plant-based cheeses are successful plant-based milks at least and and hopefully the cheeses even though the, so far they're not they don't taste very good but you wonder if like there could be this wave of flexitarians that eats a little bit of fish now and then uh maybe chicken or something i don't know but then they just don't eat dairy they they eat this vegan cheese because the vegan cheese is at the point where it's pretty good so that would be mm -hmm. a pretty nice uh picture compared to this gloom and doom like veganism is dead idea which was what we talked about on thursday so um, anyway, what they're talking about here is melt cheese, which we talked about in one of the weather reports last week. They launched, um, they they got in a bunch of restaurants, like 15 restaurants, including several big ones in New York City, uh, including Neat, I think, which is Lewis Hamilton's place. Doug knows all about that as a huge fan of uh, F1. So um, they're saying this could be this could be big. And here's what this third wave is. <clears throat> I, I think the only thing I know of third wave is coffee, where the first wave was like the Folgers mass-produced, the second wave was this finer alternative, the Starbucks, the Italian style explosion of that coffee. And now this third wave, which I think started in the United States, uh, is the, the, you know, small roaster, the ethical, uh, you know, transactions and pour overs and all these different methods of expressing the flavors of the beans, not just over roasting them so that they're smoky, uh, but provide caffeine. Uh, so that was, that's what the third wave is. So they're saying, I guess it's referencing that when they talk about the third wave of dairy, the first one being like the at-home, you know, cottage industry cheese making, vegan cheese making thing, like the Miyoko stuff, the early days Miyoko. Yeah. Second wave, this terrible stuff, the, the what they say, starch, um, starch oils and aromas is basically what makes up these vegan cheeses in grocery stores, these shredded ones especially. Um, but now this one, this new type uh, where they're using precision fermentation, they're fermenting beans. That's mainly what is the big ingredients here is legumes. We were wondering about that last week, what is in melt and it's, it's legumes. Um, and they're using traditional fermentation techniques, I guess, in addition to the precision fermentation, uh, you know, actually, I don't even know for sure that it's precision fermentation. It's just fermentation. Uh, hmm. we'll see if it's precision or not. Um, <laughs> see how precise that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they're, they're excited about it. This, this reads almost like a, like a paid, uh, post, but there's no disclosure. And we know plant-based news is good about disclosing that whenever Doug gets to write a post here, it's always a paid, is that, that's not uh that's not how you launch your writing career by paying for post. It's in partnership. Right. Okay. Yes. In partnership. Um, but yeah, so whenever we partner there, we, they say, it. they say that it's a partnered post. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, but it's not. I think they're just genuinely excited about this this new cheese, and I am too. I think this might be the one that I predicted. There's going to be one that comes along this year, and we say, can't believe what we were eating before that. Now we know how good vegan cheese can be. 
So here's my problem with this. Okay. I fear that this is going to be a uh, a repeat of the of the Impossible Burger, the Beyond Burger, the the vegan meat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, we say, oh, this we have this new version that is going to change everything because it actually tastes pretty good and kind of right. tastes like the real thing. Melts, and everyone's going to start flocking to it. Mm-hmm. And it turns out people look at it and be like, eh, you know, it tastes kind of like real cheese, maybe not quite like real cheese. Um, right. And but it's made with all these ingredients in a lab, and I would rather just have real cheese. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean that's a very real risk, especially if it doesn't taste as good. That will be uh, that will be a hang up, even if it is as good, but it's just not exactly the same as cheese. People are still going to say, "Well, this isn't this isn't cheese. I want regular cheese." The difference though is that I think a lot of people do, even though red meat has been associated with all this poor health outcomes, a lot of people still think just good old meat, one ingredient, which is kind of a trick, but you know, one ingredient, uh, meat, they think that is healthy compared to these Franken burgers or whatever they're called, these impossible whoppers and beyond mm-hmm. burgers where they're made out of all kinds of stuff. And and I don't know, they might be right about that, even with red meat. I'm not really sure. Uh, there's some evidence to the contrary that would say the plant-based ones are healthier. Uh, but I, you know, I, I also would worry about just eating that kind of stuff a lot long term. What what that does? It's ultra processed food. Doesn't always mean it's unhealthy, but it just seems like I, I can see how someone would say, "I think just regular old meat is probably healthier than this." Uh, and if it doesn't taste as good, then easy decision for them not to eat it. So with the cheese, like I, like I said, I just I don't think many people think dairy is healthy anymore. Yeah, and you know what? I, you know, also people, a lot of people who eat meat. I know say like, Oh yeah, dairy doesn't fit, sit very well. And they eat it, mm. you know, on yeah. occasion, but they like understand that by eating this pizza, I'm probably not going to feel very good. After right. It. They're choosing to make that decision. So if there was a vegan version that, that met the standards, yep, then maybe they would choose that. Um, just so they didn't feel. As yeah. Bad. And if you, you get that immediate feedback of feeling better after uh-huh. you ate a pizza yeah. or whatever that, that, that could go a long way to getting people to do it. Um, the plant-based news article does mention that dairy contains casein, which has an addictive effect during digestion. We do hear about those casomorphines, meaning it, when people say they're addicted to cheese, it, it really is a real thing. I don't know how strong of an addictive it, induction it is, but uh, it, it is in, in some way you know, plausible. Um, casein is supposed to help ensure calves drink enough of it, which is, I didn't never heard that before, but I, I guess it... Mm. That's the addictive part. Okay, so it would addict young cows to it so that they have to keep drinking milk. Um, and then it can create health risks. They do mention that casein is associated with health risks. Uh, iffy health risks, in my opinion. I haven't seen too much about it, but uh, but it's it's possible that it is. Um, PCRM is behind the idea that it is. We know T. Colin Campbell as well. The China study, I think that talked about casein. Um, this is not the one that that is making casein from precision fermentation. That's a different one that we talked about last week as well. I forget the name of that one, uh, but they're going to be competing as well. And that'll be interesting because that'll probably taste more like real cheese if it has casein in it. Um, whereas this will not. Yeah. I don't see precision fermentation. So I think this is just traditional mm. cheese making techniques, which is what Miyoko does and why her stuff is so good compared to all the other plant-based cheeses. Um, so this sounds like a Miyoko's competitor really, but yeah, and the, the vegan cheese so far has gotten 1.5% of the cheese market. And they're saying this could be 15%, which is someone just, you know, is guessing at a, at a term. Right. Sure. But optimistic for sure. And, I, you know, we just haven't seen this kind of hype around a, a single individual plant-based cheese now. And it's been two weeks in a row that we've talked about it. And mm-hmm. it's got all these big partnerships already. So I don't know. This this just may be, this may be the one. Yeah. I hope so. I would love if that was the case. So there's um, vegan science says I, I take exception to the idea that vegan cheese isn't good. Vegan cheese has gotten very good, actually. I take some of Mio- try some of Miyoko's offerings, for example, and then uh, and then Alex. Uh, let's see, Alex Turton says uh, Miyoko's is great. Something I've not found in the U.S. as much as in the U.K. is small batch local mm-hmm. fall from fromagerie fromagerie would be the french uh word for a cheese shop so the fromagerie ah, is a fake, fake, uh, fake. Oh, okay um and then you know and then brandon stallion or sorry <laughs> brandon turner agrees with vegan stallion 
Uh, also gives you compliments for your uh, third wave coffee, your coffee comparison. Yeah, thanks. Um, here, here's the here's the thing though, and this is so I agree with vegan Sally in that there are certain vegan cheeses that are absolutely delicious. Yeah, me too. Right. Um, yeah. But as a as a whole, I think the vegan cheese is nowhere near where it should be. Uh, you know, to like captivate non-vegans, right? The your standard vegan cheese that's sprinkled on pizzas at every single pizza shop that offers vegan cheese is not particularly good. Um, and then a lot of Miyoko stuff, while very good, is also, um, you know, it's more like a spread. It's more like a cashew spread or whatever than it is like slicing cheese that you would want to put. Um, there would be a, a direct comparison to something you'd put on on a sandwich or something like that. So I, I, I'm not hating on Miyoko or dairy. Somebody brought up dairy. I love dairy. I think it's so good. Um, oh, dairy? You mean Daya? No, dairy. D A R E. Um, oh, okay, that's right. It's pronounced dairy. It's spelled mm -hmm. dare, pronounced dairy. That's right. And and that stuff is it's just so good. I could eat it all day long. But it's not it's not a direct it, like it's it's not one for one with cheese in in my opinion. Um, and so I think that if you were able to find that melting cheese that you could put on a grilled cheese sandwich or on top of a pizza and have it be, you know, a really good comparison, have it brown properly mm -hmm. and and the texture be right, then that would be new. That would be a, a new invention than what than what we're getting right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm I'm not talking about the Miyoko stuff when I say that vegan cheese is terrible. I'm talking about what has reached the mass market in all these shops and pizza places, or if you go out and get vegan cheese at a restaurant, typically you're getting you're getting this plasticky, terrible stuff. Um, yeah, the Miyoko's is good. I guess here maybe scale is the issue. Like, but why is there not yet a, a shredded Miyoko's? That is, that is good. And if there were, like, let's say they could scale their cheese and get it to, if, if that's really the issue, would would that Miyoko's fly? Like that quality of cheese compared to, you know, an alternative real cheese version of Miyoko's, like the spreadable type, the gourmet sort of cheeses. I, I don't think Miyoko's is as good as that stuff used to be when I used to eat that stuff. Uh, I don't really know. It's been so long that I can't really make that comparison at all. But. Mm -hmm. I just have the sense it's not quite as good. And something if if Miyoko's was in the shredded cheese market, would we be having this conversation? Or would we already say this is good enough? I don't or, know. Or would it still just not be the same? Would it just be? I like, don't know that. I don't know that they can. She could do it the same way. I, just, I mean, because maybe you can't make that kind of cheese. You mean that meltable yeah. sort of stuff? Uh -huh. Right. I mean, so like the pourable mozzarella stuff. That's mm -hmm. really good, and it, it cooks good. up. It cooks up great. Um, and even the like mozzarella ball things that yep. you know we we do caprices. Yep. With that. Um, and uh, and they're delicious. I mean, they're really good. But I don't know if she could do a shredded cheese that, like, I don't know if she, I don't know if like, you think she would have done it if uh, if she could do it, right? But that is that or is not basically her, what I guess anymore. It's the company right now. She's no longer part of. But um, yeah, and, this, and that, that, that's, that's no hate, no hate at all towards Miyoko or the. Do you don't like Miyoko, Doug? I love Miyoko. I love her, and and I love the product that she right. has. You just love it, and you love the company too, even without her. I still support the company. I still buy the stuff. I'll <laughs> okay. say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Well, it seems like Melt is trying to do exactly what we're saying. They're trying to to be the scalable shredded mm -hmm. cheese that melts on a pizza. Though I haven't seen pizza mentioned here. I've just seen uh, burgers mentioned as a cheese on a pizza or on a burger. So anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I I do think they they believe they have solved the scale issue, and we will see what happens. Keep an eye out. And now check off one of my predictions is correct once it does. <laughs> All right. Finally, last bit today. It's not really long, um, but it's the headline is we block 10 people a day. Culture war trolls add to UK vegan restaurants struggles. So this is from the guardian.com uh, sub headline. Online abuse is latest challenge for plant-based eateries along with high costs and changing appetites. So this article is really not very long because the second half of it is just listing burger companies that have either added omnivorous options to their menu or gone out of business or, you know, slashed their number of locations because they couldn't compete, um, as strictly vegan burger places, uh, not even, not even burgers, just restaurants. Um, but the beginning I just thought was interesting. It's, it's this restaurant guy. And this is the article where someone talked about the changing taste and that they see a lot more, uh, pescatarians now, uh, compared to the number of vegans coming in. It seems that people have shifted. Uh, but they say that they're getting attacked. This company, um, do I have a name of the company? Oak Tree. Oak Tree, uh, 
they're getting attacked. We block up to 10 people a day on social media, says the guy, Anderson. Uh, all we are is a restaurant that serves a type of cuisine, but for some reason that word, the V word, seems to cause people to go crazy, so we've dropped it. So they haven't changed their their menu, but they've stopped saying that they're a vegan restaurant. Hmm. They stopped boasting proudly of their plant-based menu. Um, yeah, he said, vegan restaurants have become a punching bag for culture war trolls who see them as a threat to their way of life, like transgender rights and Black Lives Matter. And I would say, like, I see that. Like, you can just, I just, there's this hate for vegans that I don't think there was before. I haven't been paying that close of attention to the news as I have in the past two years, um, my whole time being vegan. So, like, I I guess at first, I just, uh, this is just how it is. But now I'm starting to think, like, it's it's different now. That there's a lot of hate towards vegans on our YouTube channel. Like we get, we, we don't get that many comments on there, but when we do, they're generally omnivores saying they're either regulars of the show, you know, the handful of people that come live, uh, yeah. or they're omnivores just making some dumb joke about whatever, or not even joke, just saying veganism is terrible basically. Mm. Um, and we never saw that before. Like that was not like part of nomad athlete. Like there wasn't every now and then you get some, some random person, but like, I think it's like a thing where people just feel compelled to do that. And uh, I, I guess it's related to the whole, just the world now. I don't know. What do you think, Doug? You're you're into the politics game. Yeah, I mean, I believe this for sure. I, it, people just seem more more empowered to attack people for you know for no real reason. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I believe this is happening for sure. And and that's too bad, right? I mean, you know, I it guess I guess. Vegans are attacking some other restaurants, right? I was going to ask that. Like, I don't know. I think I think when veganism was on the rise and we were powerful, I think at that point maybe there were a lot more outspoken vegans. I don't know if that's still really happening much. Well, you, I mean, you know, we talk, we've talked several times about I forget her name, but the woman who like shows up at the restaurant and pours blood on herself or Tosh, or Tosh Peterson plays plays the sounds of pigs being slaughtered. Like, yeah, I guess that kind of protesting. I guess that's similar. I mean, I don't know how, how often like trolls are going to Facebook pages and just like giving people a hard time. Right. And saying meat is murder. Like this stuff's terrible. How can you serve yeah. this food? I, I don't know if that happens. It just seems silly, first of all, because so many restaurants serve meat that like to go there right. and saying, why are you serving meat? Like it's just sort of, I mean, it's like, cause we're a restaurant. That's what, that's what most restaurants do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but yeah, it's just, I don't know if vegans are doing this. I, I definitely think just as much as conservatives are attacking liberals, liberals will attack conservatives. But just when it comes to diets, I, I don't know. Maybe vegans don't don't do this as much anymore. I'm not really sure. It's, it's very possible they do, and I just don't don't happen to notice that. Yeah. So, not too much to say about it. Just another wrinkle that uh, is adding to this conversation, which really just been recently. Like we talked about the decline of fake meats, but more recently, it's been more about like, is veganism going to survive this, or what what shape is it going to be when it? comes out of this or what how will it have morphed um mm -hmm. cuz it just seems like it's not it's not in fashion anymore for for 10 years it was it was like we were in this rising tide situation with our businesses and things and now it's just it's just a different environment like people don't think it's really cool anymore yeah yeah i think you're right i think it's cool i think it's cool too i think you're cool man i think everybody nice. watching and listening to this is cool <laughs> That's very nice of you, Doug. You're in a good mood today. You're, you like Miyoko. You like <laughs> company without Miyoko. You like everyone here. I'm feeling refreshed. Just got to get away a little bit. Um, uh, Steven says, sad to hear, quote, when veganism was on the rise. But you're right. Ten years ago, I thought the only way was up. Yeah, I think we all thought that. Like we thought the world is now headed towards plant-based, and it's for a lot of reasons, a lot of factors. It, that might still be the case and because a lot of those factors haven't changed. I really don't think they have. Mm -hmm. Um so this may be a temporary uh, shakeout toward, sort of thing. I think I think it will, will take a new form, right? I don't think Impossible Burgers are the future. Uh, these not not the way they look right now. So I don't think it's going to be the way we thought, where everyone's going to just consume these these fake foods. Uh, but I, I do hope we're still we're long term that uh, a, a much much more plant based diet is the future. I still think that, and I still think it is true. And Deacon Sion agrees. She says, "I'm I'm one of those." rare vegans that is willing to settle for people going plant-based. I think plant-based is still on the way up. And, and I would agree with that here. She's using plant-based as maybe not hundred percent vegan. Um, isn't stallion mean it's a, he doesn't, isn't, isn't oh, oh, sorry. I don't know why I was, I was willing. Um, stallion's a male horse. 
sorry. Uh, sorry right. about that. Vegan Sally. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's right. Yeah, we're also in that camp, right? We've always been that way. Kind of happy to see people moving in that direction. Uh, if they're going all the way as, as far as to call themselves plant based, that's wonderful. Uh, I would even take people going whatever flexitarian, pescatarian. Sure. That, that could still represent a seventy five percent reduction in meat consumption, and that's that's what I want. Huge win. Um, um, just one final thought before we head out of here. Alex Turton calls out a a vegan donut shop called Pepperbox Donuts in Charlotte. In Charlotte, um, saying that they don't ever use the V word, maybe for the reason we're talking about. Um, and so, yeah, just want to give them a little shout out in case they're listening. Which I'm I sure need, they are. I need to go. I need to go to Pepperbox. Let's see, Pepperbox Donuts. It's in Noda. I go over there now and then. So I didn't know it was vegan. That's the thing. So they maybe they should have made it a little more clear. There's one down here too, down this direction. All right, good. I'm gonna check out Pepperbox Donuts. Tim will be happy about that. All right, anything else, Doug? That's it. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for coming. Welcome, Alex Turton once again. First live show. Good to see you here. Uh, everybody else, thank you for attending. Thank you for all the comments today. And we will be back tomorrow, short week to week, this week, Doug. Um, but that means the week is more densely packed with plant-based morning shows. Three out of four days instead of the typical three out of five. So there we go. It should be an easy week. Should, everyone should be in high spirits because it's only four days long. Uh, so we'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Okay.